Welcome back to the Psychedelic Timeshare. I'm here with my co-host Ian Ben Weiss, where we're both getting rich off of GameStop and Bed Bath & Beyond stock. We're joined by a couple veteran friends today. Yes, we've got Sam G and Ben M. And uh, we're going to be looking forward to talking to them about their healing journeys with plant medicines after their military service. And uh, Sam is going to be the feature of our presentation. Where, and Ben is going to be helping us with uh, some of the interviewing process. So, Sam and Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Beautiful. So, Sam, you and I actually met a couple of years ago in Mexico uh, around the medicine. And what I know about your story, as we've gotten to know each other, is that you grew up in Texas and you served as a Marine infantryman in uh, Afghanistan, two different tours, and then came back to Texas and since then have been on your own uh, healing journey, which also included, besides Mexico, going to Peru. And so we're here today to uh, allow you to share more of your story and see what you'd like the future to look like. And then we've also got uh, Ben M. on the uh, podcast, uh, another veteran who's uh, going to help us with some of the uh, questions with Sam. So does that sound about right, Sam, what I said about yeah. your background? Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Awesome. So uh, what was the reason that you joined the military to begin with? Um, I, I just kind of felt a calling, um, you know, to serve. You know, I remember I was in maybe sixth grade watching 9-11 happen. Um, I lost my cousin was in uh, the South Tower. And so it, it really uh, motivated me to want to be a, a Marine like like my grandfather was. Nice, nice. So you did uh, two tours of service in Afghanistan, and uh, you. Uh, how soon after you were done with your last tour were you uh, out of the military? You know, you came back to Texas, right? So 2012 is when I did uh, my last tour uh, in Helmand Province, Sangin River Valley, and I got I got back. Um, mid-November to late November, and I was out of the military the next March. I had EAS'd. Beautiful. And for our listeners, what does EAS stand for? So uh, end of active service. So that means I was, uh, I fulfilled my contract honorably, and I was um, driving back towards Texas. So you received an honorable discharge, completed your time in service, and then, uh, then what happened? Did, had you had you been given any uh, medications while you were still on active duty? No, I, I had not received any uh, medications. The the medication that was real common around the barracks was just you know beer and booze. Um, so you could, you could get that in Afghanistan on the base. No, no, that that's that that's back when we were main side. We di we didn't uh you you weren't supposed to have alcohol um over there, but you know if there's a will there's a way. But 
it wasn't commonplace. Got it. So you came back and uh, returned to Texas after being stateside for a little bit after coming back from your depl- last second deployment, and then uh, then what happens? Tell us uh, tell us where wh- how your healing journey, your your personal life journey goes. So I I um, I I fulfilled my contract and I'm driving back to Texas, not really knowing uh, what I'm gonna do. Uh, so they didn't I, give you, did they give you any sort of out processing it, it, like it, training or anything like that? It was like, I think five days. It was like a five day, um, what, bre- did they, what did they call it? Uh, seps and taps. Break it down for us. What's that? Uh, separation <laughs> preparation, something, some acronym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of many that, that they use. <laughs> yes. So you had this five-day program to help uh, you do what? What was it offered to do for you? It it just lets you know, hey, um, you know, you can't go to the corpsman. You can't go to the local, you know, you can't see a doctor on base anymore. So you've earned, you know, rights to the VA. This is how you go to the VA. This is the form that we're going to fill out and you're going to give to them in your respective uh, city and state and then also they cover a little bit about um, the GI Bill you know you're, you're eligible to go to school we encourage you to go to school um, but it was it, honestly it was so much information and at, at that point I, I really wasn't focused I was just focused on uh, getting out so well, yeah I, what, did, what did you need at that point you said there's a lot of information, all different kinds of stuff. What what did you really need for those five days if you were deciding what it was you were going to get that you would have asked, you know, would have got asked for or gotten? I would have, um, I would have spoke about, uh, you know, things I didn't know at the time. Now I know about uh, he, things you can do that are healthy. If you were going back and you got to give the briefing for the five days, some of that work to some of the people that were getting out <clears throat> when you were in, what would you be telling them? You need to find a comfortable private place and a good shaman, and you need to do ayahuasca. It will help you immensely. Wow! So that's a <laughs> so in, in in the manual there, yeah, the ayahuasca vouchers at the VA. So how did you come to that point? Uh, just a little while ago, you were still in Afghanistan to the point where you were now telling your future self or however it goes that you should do ayahuasca. Well, <laughs> I came I came back not knowing. Um, really what I wanted to do and and they off the bat I was prescribed so many different uh, medications and they, they weren't helping let's check in with that so these medica you came back were there certain things that you were experiencing after your service that you were telling the doctors that they were then saying okay for that we need to do something and the thing we need to do is give you these pharmaceuticals and they're going to address a certain condition you saying were you were they, you saying hey please help me and they're like here's the meds there to help. It was more like yeah please help me and here's Seroquel. Well what um, is the help what is it, the help then that you were saying that you needed? I, I I was having trouble sleeping. Um I was really stressed out. I was I was still post like combat deployment uh per, in my perception. So I was I was over per, perceptive. Um, it's like hyper aroused, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So I was I was very hyperactive. I was very, very much uh, 
my mind was going a million miles a second. Got it. So you were saying that you'd been briefed as you're getting out that the VA is there to offer you this assistance, and now you're back at home, and you're like, hey, I'm having nightmares, and I'm having anxiety and hyperarousal. What can you do for me to, to help? And how, how, did they, how did they address that? Uh, how they, they address that by prescribing um, multiple medications, uh, and they, they wouldn't work. It, it really decreased my quality of life. I couldn't be productive. And then I'd tell them that medication didn't work, and then I'd be on a new medication. And it was, bef- it was before you know it, just kind of spiraled out of control into, okay, the VA's not giving me anything that's healing me, so I'm going to self-medicate. To try to, to try to do for myself what I felt I needed at the time before, and that was so, before. So, you, so you've got these symptoms, and you're saying, "Hey, here's the symptoms I have," and they're giving you the pharmaceuticals ostensibly to address those symptoms, but they're not getting addressed, and you're getting other side effects. So, and this is why so you're need saying more medicine. You're, yeah. So, but also why you're saying you need to self-medicate because. You're not getting the relief for the symptoms that you have. Correct. And, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky enough when I was really having a really rough time, you know, really hitting rock bottom, just feeling completely lost and hopeless. I, I had a really good friend of mine uh, uh, say, you know, when you go to Mexico, uh, you should try psilocybin. Uh, you should try... Um, ayahuasca, maybe a grandfather ceremony, which involves peyote. Um, and I've done all of those, and they've helped me way more than any of those prescription medications combined. Beautiful. So how did you get from the medications? How many, up to how many medications per day were you on at any given time? Uh, through the VA, usually there, I was taking it two to three different prescriptions uh, every day, multiple times a day. Got it. So, y- how did you know that these plant medicines were an avenue for self-medication? You know, you, you so you're on these pharmaceuticals, and we know that one of the challenges is that they have these side effects, and then you go to the back to the doctor and say, "Hey, you're." treating me for the stuff it's helping or not helping whatever but i've now got this side effect and then they have to give you another drug to treat that right so right it, i mean it, i remember one time i was i was so stressed out they gave me something that caused my hair to start falling out <laughs> and <laughs> I, was, I was like how can this possibly help uh what, what dep- was the, what, yeah, what was it supposed to be what was the it, it was, symptom addressing you were trying to get from it, it? it was like supposed to be a mood stabilizer or <laughs> And, and it was making me more stressed out because I'm, you know, <laughs> I was, I'm going so bald. So I'm, I'm like, as a bald guy, I'm totally cool. I'm like, right, your your mood stabilized. Well, com- com- common for mood stabilizers is, an- is anxiety. So then they're just trying to give you some anxiety medicine to, to cover that. Right. And right. then that makes you have diarrhea. So they give you some diarrhea medicine. And then that gives you, yeah, yeah. your... Your stuff doesn't work, so they give you a thing for that, and then that yeah. causes you to have headaches, and then they give you something for that. Then your hair falls out, and then it's then the whole cycle starts yeah. all over again. Is wow. your is your mood stabilized now, Charlie Brown? 
it so made. so yeah how did how did you know that these uh, plant medicines were a, a viable alternative to you know the, um, the I, cycle you were on i had a real good friend that um i really trusted her input um and she had done a lot of research for and she she had used it in her past for her own healing as well as um for her son that experienced a, a traumatic injury and so she put in a lot of research and we talked about it and you know i started to feel really good about it really confident about giving it a shot because uh i had hope that hey maybe i've tried i've tried everything else um let's try this and let's see if it helps i i trust you let's try this did you have to be off the pharmaceuticals that you'd been on from the VA to be able to do these plant medicines? How, how did that work? Yes, I did. So uh, when I was when I worked with the shaman, I was fortunate enough to work with the shaman in Peru. Um, they they put you on what's called a dieta, which just is a diet uh, to to cleanse your body. There's certain things you can't eat. Um, you can't be on any uh, prescription medications and there's a there's a week or two process before you do any ceremonies to cleanse your body and prepare your body in the best way to receive the medication that's really part of the diet right itself and then uh, and as well afterwards right there's continuing uh, you know protocol that you're maintaining to get the whole effect of the medicine absolutely it's a it's a it's a cycle and the ceremonies are in the middle of the cycle so you have leading up to the ceremonies the ceremonies themselves and then post ceremonies to to um integrate right yeah right so what, what what were these ceremonies that were in the dieta um what medicines were you uh, using? I can't remember. Uh, I mean, we did ayahuasca, and then there there was also some so the ayahuasca um, ceremonies. Are the thing that you're saying are in the in the occurring during this dieta, and then you're using these other plants in between. Right. Yeah. There's there's other plants that you took uh, every in the evening, every night, and it it helped. It it worked. You know, in a symbiotic way to the ayahuasca. So it was all you know, complementary of each other. Um, Do you remember what any of those uh, medicines were? Not off the top <laughs> of my head. If, if, did if you do some tobacco purge? I did, did a tobacco purge, yes. Tell um, us about that. Everyone everyone loves to talk about tobacco purges. Well, I, I know I do. Well, tobacco, it was difficult for me because I, I, I'm not good at chugging water. Um, wait, wait, it, wait. You were in the military. I, That's I, what they say. Put your hand, uh, right hand on your canteen, take it out, and drink your water. And, and I was always the last guy to finish, and oh, okay. so I, everybody oh. had to do push-ups because of me. Cause oh. I just could <laughs> so you had some I, I, I gave it my best. hang-ups about, yeah. The, I'm just <laughs> I, I gave it my best and, uh, you know, the yeah. chugged a, a gallon as quickly as possible, and then it, it, it like, like a wash cycle kind of, Turned so your so explain to people, you're, you're drinking this shot glass of super concentrated mapacho Peruvian tobacco, right? Correct. And then you're drinking water after that to flush the whole thing. Correct. And, and, and it works to kind of grab all the stuff you don't want in your stomach lining 
and release it, you know, purge it out so that when you take the ayahuasca, it's got clean surfaces to adhere to, to work with. Got it. So when I was a kid and I ate uh, chewing tobacco, uh, my missing ingredient was I didn't drink a bunch of water afterwards when I felt totally sick with that nicotine poisoning. Yeah, okay. it was it was it was definitely um <laughs> don't try it, this at home kids. It's it's <laughs> and that was the the first day so I was like, wow, we got off to a really strong start here. So uh, <laughs> uh but honestly, after I did the tobacco purge, I felt better uh purging that stuff out um along with the diet, you know, the diet was real strict. It was like hard-boiled eggs, no salt, no sugar. Uh, you could have chicken, unseasoned, just just chicken. You could have like quinoa, but not seasoned, no seasoning, and uh, water and and coconut water, and that was that was pretty much it. Man, they need to get uh, Martha Stewart up in there. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, okay, and so you're doing the ayahuasca ceremonies. Uh, what uh, what was that like? Um. So I'll, I'll tell you about my first ceremony, that which was to this day has been lasting and incredibly powerful for me um you know the the shaman had said have an idea in place be thinking about something that you're asking help with from from you know mother ayahuasca the divine have a purpose for when you go accept the medicine and so i've I was, you know, presented the the medicine by the shaman, a shot glass. I took I took it. Um, didn't taste too good, but you know, I had, you're allowed to have water, so I was able to drink some water right after. And then uh, we're in a, a pitch black room, so it was just quiet and and laying. And I remember for the first thirty minutes, I was like, "What? What's this hype all about? What? It, what? I, I I heard this was supposed to be really powerful, and then." There was a second round of medicine, and I said, okay, and, you know, I took the second round, and I went back, and I was laying there in the dark, and I was wondering, I was like, what is all this fuss about? And then I started to hear a drum beating, and the maracas and the feathers, and I sat up and purged everything in my body into a bucket, and then instantly, as I laid back, I felt like I was something like I was in space, like a, like they had no concept of what was up or down. The only thing that centered me was when my head hit the, the wall behind me that gave me a reference point. And uh, what was really powerful for me is, is, you know, I saw sacred geometry. My mind just expanded. It showed, wow, this is the exp- what the expanse can be. And then all of a sudden... I I realized, have I been breathing? Have I am am I breathing? Have I been breathing? And so all of a sudden, the it, it went from this giant expanse to all that matters in life is listening to the sound of your own breath. You have control over that, and that can heal you. That's how you can control the different energies around you. So, uh that fear of am I breathing and then finding my breath when I I had lost my breath it it reintroduced me to how to breathe in this world 
that is inspirational. So, so what did you come out with from this uh, dieta in Peru with the diet, the ayahuasca, the tobacco purge, these other medicines? What? How did you come out the other side of that? It's it, it's really hard to describe. It was all positive. Um, that's why I, I highly recommend it. I, I I wasn't stressing and overthinking things. I, I wasn't carrying uh, like the ego. I wasn't carrying different energies that were unbalanced. I felt uh, rejuvenated. I felt as if hey, I can I can handle whatever's thrown at me because. You know, at least I know how to breathe. Beautiful. And, and so. That's yeah. a powerful tool. So were there uh, spe- specific traumatic events from growing up or things from the military? Were there specific things that you addressed in those ceremonies? Um, in its own way, yes. Um, uh, you know, the, the purposes I was seeking were were shown to me they were and they were taught you know the way ayahuasca teaches you you don't know how you don't know what lesson it has in store for you that ceremony but it will have a lesson for you and it's it's a different one every time how do you well so what what guides the lesson then how does how does the ego deal with that if you're going to get schooled but you don't know what the lesson is that sounds scary. Uh, well, that's that's uh, why it's really important um, to have good shamans uh, and to work with really good shamans because they help. They're they're your spiritual guide through the process. They're helping. They're helping you. They're there for no other reason but to heal you and to help you. And that is what is also powerful about the ceremony. They give you like uh, boundaries, like comfortable boundaries to let you sort of explore your own self. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we did in some of the ceremonies, we did something where we all joined hands and it was really powerful. It was very powerful. Wait, it wasn't super woo woo. No, it wasn't super woo woo. It was, it was like, I'm in a circle of energy and we're all connected. We're, it's flowing through all of us. It's all one. Well, that's that sounds super woo woo. When you when you learn that the super woo woo is actually super cool cool, <laughs> then you're just like let's keep going, right? It's it's beautiful. It, it's it's almost like you know ayahuasca showed me that uh, you hold the keys to your own kingdom, and so any door that's locked is because you chose to have it locked, and you have the power to unlock it. <laughs> Bless you, man. So that house has. Uh, House has many rooms. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, you came back from Peru where you'd done this dieta. And uh, what, uh, what, what happened in your continuing uh, personal journey? So before, uh, before I did um, the ceremonies uh, in Peru with ayahuasca, I was having trouble maintaining jobs. I was... I, tried to go to school I couldn't manage it I couldn't keep up with it post um ayahuasca ceremonies I'm, I'm back in school I'm pursuing a degree I enjoy and I don't need medications to feel like I can that's what I need to go to school I'm able to to manage it and 
and I'm not, I'm not, I can manage, I can manage my money. All qualities of my life improved. I'm now, uh, just got a VA home loan on, on a, on a house. And I would never thought that would have been possible prior to doing those ceremonies. So what, what, so doing the medicine work allowed you to, you weren't having the nightmares, you're not having the hyperarousal or the anxiety, and then you've learned and experienced things that are helping you navigate your life, <coughs> excuse me, in a more functional way. Uh, what, you know, what are some of those details? Because I think those are really so important to people. You know, some like of those details, so... Um, you know, I'm a combat veteran, all that, uh, and a lot of people, they kind of enable you uh, with PTSD when you come back because they say, oh my gosh, you served there? That must that was a horrible place. Uh, I read the Wikipedia, it's scary, um, and it's almost like they're wanting you to have, they're expecting you to have PTSD, which in its own way is unhealthy because... Um, you're not given you're not given the chance to figure to solve the problem for yourself. When others try to solve your problems, they usually don't get solved properly. But through ayahuasca and psilocybin, they're tools and medicines so that you solve your own problems, so that they, you solve these lasting problems. You solve them. You finish the equation. You're not constantly trying to do a new one from input of other people here here so the tools that the military or the va's offering aren't allowing you to solve those problems in a stable and functional way that you can keep on repeating the equation and so right and then go ahead um, they're, they're not, um, you know, I've even been in the inpatient VA mental health hospital and, and you go up to a window, you get a, a cup, they give you pills. It pretty much just sedates you. So you don't feel good. You don't feel bad. You don't feel at all. And it's just, it's not the right approach. Um, I, if I could, if I could lobby for anything, I would say, you know, the, the federal government has so much uh, park and wildlife land, you know, why can't they set up a refuge for veterans? And those veterans, when they go there, if they want to partake in safe, healthy medicines that heal, can do so in a private, beautiful place. And I, I know there's some people that view ayahuasca as, as something other than medicine, but it's it's medicine. I think, I think the reality is that it's the system isn't built that way. It's intentional, not intentionally, but I mean, the military machine, the process is building, building machines to, to carry out a task. And then there's, you know, they're, they're throwing the refuse. There's no, there's no integration with the truth about experiences in the military, you know, and it's just cause they, they just didn't, they just either missed it or they just intentionally didn't set up that way. So I think the training's built in us. Ultimately, well, I want I want to nominate Sam G for Interior Secretary since now veterans can all access all national parks yes. for free Great. for life. Let's turn those into these refuges that you're referring to, 
and we can do uh, the medicine work on these uh, federal lands. If people really want to help veterans, combat veterans, that's that's what's going to do it. Um, the what's been a container. Yeah, yeah. That's what. What kind of container would you like to see? Um, there's a lot of different federal lands and national parks, and we don't need a lot. Just beautiful places that are very serene, have have good good energy and and you know little private cabins and then a a, a a almost like a temple that everybody can gather to if they want to do medicine not just by themselves but together or be led by shamans willing to who who most of them are more than willing to come uh, aid uh, that healing process and they've been doing the same uh military for or VA formula since Vietnam is just it hasn't worked suicide rates are always going up it's really sad because it it is really beneficial to do these medicines it, it could it can save your life and I'm not saying that to try to well the, the reality too is that that ancient tribe tribal cultures would bring their warriors when they would come back from battle or war they would segregate them and give them medicine, peyote in, Amer- in the Americas, ayahuasca in South America. I mean, it's it's a real traditional thing that we missed. We didn't do it. You know, this this iteration of this of, of, of the military, we just didn't do it. So, yeah, I think that knowing that historically that's a used process is a very idealistic way to, to carry forward what, what we're seeing, because this is this is Vietnam 2.0. You know, it's 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 getting worse. It's getting worse. Forty percent, you know, increase in, in suicides in the, in the army just from COVID. So we know it's bad. So, yeah, it's like. Well, so, so how do we break out of that cycle? In other words, we've got people who have possibly experienced childhood trauma, experienced service trauma, experienced combat trauma. Then they come back and then they're given these meds, which. Don't allow them to have deeper, further processing of their experiences. Like you're saying, it's compressing their signal. How do we, uh, in the VA, that's all they got. <laughs> right. How, how, do, how do we transition so that we have a model that's, uh, that's workable, that's viable? Um, I think, I mean, they, they get funding. So it's just a matter of the, the land wouldn't cost them anything because they, it's federal land it's just a matter of okay should we spend more money on these inpatient mental health hospitals or could we use some of that money for something that's much more beneficial to combat veterans seeking help that really want help somewhere peaceful where they can go and self-reflect and and ask themselves and find out what their problems are and how they can solve them from the for themselves Awesome. So we, you know, this it's impossible to uh, not a you, know, you got to address politics, right? So are we uh, trying to get decrim in state and municipalities so we can see this? Are we trying to deschedule these medicines? You know, what's the we've got just for reference? We've got Canada next door, which has got medical and recreational cannabis. They're talking about military de- use. Yeah, de- right. beautiful decriminalizing psychedelics so that uh, to deal with the opiate crisis. And in Mexico, you've got a medical program just rolled out, a recreational program about to roll out in a couple of months. 
and personal drug use being constitutional by the Mexican constitution. With plans to import processed cannabis <laughs> as well into Mexico. Yeah. So I think how it can be done is these retreats, these places of peace, can be designated hospitals at which medication is administered by a shaman who's like a trained, like a doctor, or a doctor that oversees it um, in case somebody does have some sort of... Re- you, you do have... Crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. Ex- exactly. So would these guys exactly. come from the... Would they, if they were military, would they come from the Space Forces? Is that where we'd... Uh, <laughs> Outer space. Do you love Am- Do you love America? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I like the future you're talking about. Uh, what are your? What do you think about what's going on here in Texas, as far as uh, you know, the the cannabis, the the drug war. You know, what's what's uh, what's inter- What's important to you? Um. About well, the political rallies. In other words, you're talking about these visions of doing these things, and right. we're, all, we're all in agreement, right? We right. want to see the same kind of things, but right. we've got these political realities where the stuff's all Schedule One, the medicines that are inside of us are also illegal. We don't have any kind of medical cannabis program. Right. So. Well, I think, um, you know, for states like Texas, for the majority, you know, we, our views, you know, can differ from the majority and others but i think starting the conversation at the the state capitol um about taking baby steps introducing and and you know for the the majority it'll be easier if if if, if it's introduced in baby steps and they'll say hey nothing happened nothing's wrong with it nobody's dying from it this isn't bad it's helping now more people are healed and they're sharing their stories. Let's let's keep it going. Let's build upon that so more people can be healed because they're going to have more um, stories from people, more testimonies of positive healing experiences than negative ones. Do you want to see a future in the United States and in Texas where these medicines are completely, let's say, decriminalized, descheduled, where you could grow them and take them. And if you wanted to work with a shaman or a guide or a facilitator or practitioner, whatever words you want to use, one could have that option. Or if you wanted to go work with a psychedelic therapist, one could have that option. Or if one wanted to do it with themselves, someone else, you know, you'd have what, what kind of options do you want to see or, or and or what kind of options do you see when you look in the future? What I would hope for is, um, you know, at at least personal amounts of these medications decriminalized. And any of these medicines you want to do in the sanctity of your home, you feel free to do it and you should do it if you want to do it with others by yourself. Um, shamans available to help people that are a little nervous about it, uncomfortable about it, un- uncomfortable with it that are new to it i'd like to see all that be available you know especially for veterans but not just vet- veterans aren't the only people that have ptsd there's so all you're talking about like personal use protection correct yeah and you're you're saying that uh you'd like to see this for everyone the veterans we know we've got this voice and position to 
amplify the need for healing and ending the drug war. But yeah, what would you like to see for other people? The biggest thing I like to see is the people that are in pain, that are suffering, having the opportunity to feel better. To, to That's what they got all the opiates for, right? I'm just saying 75% of Americans who are heroin addicts started on a doc- doctor's prescription. So how do we get from that to, to ayahuasca or mushrooms? Well, or one, one <laughs> thing that's, that's extremely beneficial also about ayahuasca and psilocybin is, uh, you know, I used to drink a lot. And I'd self-medicate, and it was also a very useful tool. And during my my journeys, realizing I don't need that stuff. I don't. I can control what I put in my body. I don't have to feel like I need this to feel a certain way. It gives you that freedom, and it it helped tremendously. And and they can help a lot of other people as well. It helps people literally get healthier. You know, it leads you to, obviously, it kicks you off in a dieta. And then, you know, that's really the, 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 the beauty behind this stuff. Right. And I, that, that dieta got me into, you know, oh, wow, I can feel better by diet. Um, you know, eating healthy, intermittent fasting. There's Yeah, there's give, a, us, give us the, the lowdown. What's, what are all these, yeah, the, the techniques and practices that on this medicine path you started to integrate in a regular you know way in your so, in, in your own life so me personally um i i i do what's called a 186 window with intermittent fasting um i do it daily so i i, I won't eat until 4 p.m. i'm done eating at 10 p.m. and then in between that time i'm not eating i can hydrate you know all that and at first, you may experience, oh, I, I, I'm feeling kind of tired, but you will, and not long after that, you'll start to feel more energetic because it's it's much more natural for the body. If you think about it, we, our bodies haven't changed in 10,000 years, and so we used to spend all day with a spear going out, wearing ourselves out to get that food. We were fasting as, as a part, as a byproduct of just existing. Uh, of existing. Yeah. I mean... You didn't get lucky one day. You're fasting until you get lucky. Well, the, in, in the, what the interesting thing, the real reality is that after 12 hours, your body starts to release growth hormone, and your 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 awareness, your attention, it gets heightened because we're pre-trained to say, "I'm hungry," and I'm going to start to think about going hunting. So all your senses get aroused, and everything starts to work better and more efficiently. And you conserve energy, so it's it's a good thing it, to push your body to that. It, and it, the great thing is how adaptable the human body is, because it didn't take long for me to. I'm not even hungry when I'm not fasting. Yeah. My body, it's it's just normal for my body now. So it's not. Um, Makes you realize you don't have to just go. Yeah. I need to eat. It's meal time. And, and and so, when you do eat, you know you can think about it more. What what's healthy? Do I, you know? Can I do salmon or some chicken, some broccoli, some Brussels sprouts? Um, some coconut water, you know, some unsweetened tea, some kombucha, and uh, putting that, you know, planning that out and making it part of what humans have done for thousands of years where you get food, you prepare it, you cook it, and you eat it. Um, you don't have to always um, get it handed to you through your the and window were you of your on, car. And you weren't, uh, you weren't on this before the... The medicine path. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I I I would was a big fan of 
everything drive through. <laughs> and now here you are. So, um, yeah, we've got a new administration with a chance for more uh, cannabis and psychedelics descheduling, decriminalization, acceptance at a federal level. And we've got this Texas session here where we don't have a viable med medical program that we're looking on improving. Uh, yeah, what do you see in the next four? What's com what's coming? The psychedelics what? are going mainstream. People are talking about investing in them, you know. Right. And what, what I'd like to see happen, what, what I see coming is, uh, you know, Texas has Texas Veteran Commission that focuses on vets. So you can form uh, a committee in, in the state capitol, in the state senate, state congress, to take a, a non-biased approach at looking at these as viable alternatives to prescription uh, medications. And you can do that at the state level. You know, there's a, there's a, in Congress, there's a committee that oversight for the VA specifically. Um, I think, I think the conversation should be happening with them where they can get, um, very knowledgeable people to not only, and not, not just testimonies from people, but, um, scientific proof. Uh, and I think that, uh, if you, if you look at it and, and you're open to it, you'll see how helpful it can be for you. Um, you can't be close-minded about it. The data's out there, too. The data, the data is, is everywhere. There. So you've fought in war, and you've done two combat deployments. What is the reason that it's important now to end the drug war, which is a different kind I, of war, but I, I think part of the same somehow? I think... Um, in some ways, uh, one of the byproducts of the war on drugs is violence in the countries producing the drugs because it's a competition because so much money's being made uh, sneaking across the United States, digging tunnels, however they're getting it here, flying it here. If if it was regulated, uh, cannabis, for example, if it, if it became federally legalized, you take the power away from these violent criminal organizations and you can tax it and you can use those taxes to fund these medicine retreats for veterans among many other things new roadways infrastructure uh schools amen so let's back up now so you were in hellman province 90 percent of the world's opium comes out of afghanistan Correct. we've been fighting there for over 20 years what what did you think before and then when you're on the ground there and you know and then now take us back to your views on the drug war <laughs> so and why going over there is not going to end the drug war you know what i mean it, no it's matter. not gonna end it that they've been they've been growing opium there for thousands of years opium's been being used for thousands of years and the thing is what i saw i i saw endless fields of poppy but the the people actually going out there with the razor and scoring it and getting the 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 milk from it you know to then sell they're selling a kilo of pace for two hundred dollars. They're not getting rich off of it. They're not. They're they're doing that because that's the only way they have to survive and feed their families. But then, as soon as it gets out of the country, yeah. What's the markup at the Purdue Pharma level? Whether they got to turn around and pay the billions of dollar fines for? 
Yeah, it's, it's underrepresenting the addictiveness of all their synthetic opiates. No, and what they don't realize is the the greed and the the lust for money, the the the, the what they felt as the a need for it to be done hurt people. It actually killed people. People died from opiates, and they were incentivizing doctors. And um, you know, it's sad because you have people that get, have a pound of marijuana, which could be a personal amount for them, doing more time than the people that made eight billion dollars and killed hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, well, how does it make you feel then if you're over there and you're seeing all these fields and in one way you could be feeling like you're protecting those opium, you know, poppy fields so that the medicine can come back to the American pharmaceutical manufacturers and they can give it to somebody and then people are overdosing. Yeah, well, what is what does that make you feel like? It it felt you know, it it didn't feel nice. It, it, the thing about it was 90% of the world's heroin is there. So there's going to be a lot of guns there. That's why it's considered one of the most dangerous places in Afghanistan because people want their drugs. The Taliban, that's how they fund their arms. You know, they trade it with the Russian mob or whatever. Uh, opium for AKs. And <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, 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 it's not helping anybody. And then, book. Yeah, and, and there's, they're giving them crates of old rusty ones and they're making billions selling it in Europe. You know, they just they move in north up into Uzbekistan and then into Europe. Not to mention, it also goes the other way towards China and the U.S. Well, so you pointed out very correctly that if we have a regulated market, let's say for cannabis in the U.S., we can tax it and then invest it back in the community. How is the United States benefiting from an unregulated market where it's controlling the source of the drugs coming in from Afghanistan? What, what's it's, the U.S.'s motivation to play it that way? They'd save a ton of money because the amount they spend on fuel for drones, uh, for Border Patrol, who's to fight these drug smugglers, and, you know, the drug smugglers are winning. You know, 10% usually of what, what they're trying to get across gets or gets seized so they accept that and so it's it's uh it would save a lot of energy focus and resources towards things that can truly benefit people uh like school well do you feel that you're being used because in one way you're getting you're already paid for so in other words the government's already paid for your services they can take you over there and help manage their you know uh, drug supply over the long term it, it did feel a little bit like being, you know, a muscle man for the USA. Um, you know, it's weird because, it's for weird. example, I'll, I'll give I'll give a small example. We come across a very large amount of of heroin, like over a hundred kilos of heroin. We were gonna blow it up and torch it. We just had to film ourselves doing it, right? But that got called off because oh, we yeah. didn't have authorization to yeah, do what that. Yeah, what level? <laughs> what level got your attention? Oh, that's not that, that. That's not guns and, and ammo. That's but, heroin. Oh, you can't burn that. that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a what? That's a battalion level choice, right? You got like if a battalion uh, drug officer's got to come it, in. It, it's above that. See, it's it's <laughs> where it's actually it's it's part of the the Afghan government where we don't have the right to dispose of it. We have to give it to the Afghan na national army, which is corrupt is very corrupt. And they're 
selling it to the Russians too. So it's it, it the, it's you know we could have burned it right there on the spot and prevented a hundred kilos from poisoning people or or hurting people's lives, but we got we weren't allowed to. And then a uh, a five ton truck that we gave the Afghan National Army came to pick it up. Um, so taxpayers funded the transport when it got picked up, and it's. So the U.S. is the dealer. So the U. So then the money. So so this is the, who who's driving this truck? <laughs> Sorry, the it, it's the well, Talib, the Taliban. No, the the, the Af- Afghan National, National Army. Army, right? And then and then where does that met is going to the Russian mob is the next well, likely or all it, all I ever saw were the trucks leaving. Okay. Where I where they went after that is, I mean I can make a guess, but where they went after that. Um, I didn't personally see. Yeah. Appreciate your, uh, <laughs> appreciate your honesty. So, uh, wow. So we've got this, uh, petrochemical war we were fighting in Iraq and this pharmaceutical war we're fighting in Afghanistan. And, uh, you make a lot of these pharmaceuticals out of petrochemicals and even the maps phase three clinical trial, the, uh, sources for the MDMA is out of uh, the petrochemical byproducts. So, how do we break out of this petroleum pharmaceutical model? Um, I think, I think people, uh, I think it's powerful when people can have open discussions and come together. Um, because if 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 you can come together and you're trying to heal and you're trying you're promoting love not hate you're not trying to divide people you're trying to make the world better than when you were born when you die the goal is that for the world to be better off than when you were born sounds like and the journey of a mushroom it, it exactly so it's it's all it's all one um but the the, the sad thing is you know the the climate change is messed up. We're hurting our we're hurting our planet. Uh, we're killing sea life. Uh, it's just a lot of devastation and destruction, and it can all be prevented. There, there's technology out there. There's technology being developed every day. More efficient solar panels, uh, batteries. You know, hydrogen cars, and so it's really getting the politicians to to stand up to. Uh, big oil and gas, uh, big car makers, and say, no, you have to stop making combustion engines. You have to do it by this time. Uh, you have to stop distilling petroleum by this. You, you, you can't. I'm mean, thinking that yeah. people are more looking for like a an example as an alternative because it's it's easy to say. It's like the arm. It's like it's like you look at the quarterback on the field like you should make this decision. But if there's no alternative, then people don't know what to do. So then they're like, well, I have to either go with what I know. It's like the devil I know or the devil I don't know. How do we empower taking care of our own health care and our own ability to grow or make things that can be used by other people? In other words, we're talking about the healing part of the equation. How do we empower individuals to uh, take care of themselves when, let's say, there's this decriminalization, descheduled environment. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that's beneficial about the medicine is it teaches you how to empower yourself. It teaches you you have power. Um, and the more people can 
start having uh, non-biased, open discussions about some of these things. Um, you know, t- take politics out of it as, as much as you can. Look at the facts, look at the studies, and let people make have their free will. If they want to take this medicine, nobody has the right to tell them they can't. Amen. What, what is the reason that having a right to grow as a veteran is important? Because you've gotten the VA treatment, right? And then why, why, why is it important? Well, uh, it's very important to grow plants, period, because it gives you that connection to other living organisms on this earth. So you're, keep, you're, you're having a symbiotic relationship with this plant. You're watering it, keeping it alive, nurturing it. In return... It exchanges medicine for you to nurture yourself, and so it's. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, and, and 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 let's I guess not be frank. Veterans, veterans have a tendency to isolate when they're going through processes, and so having the ability to to have a resource to 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 get seeds, spores, whatever, and then produce your own medicine openly and freely will help them to take the medicine and then connect with other people because that's what the medicines do like we're so stuck on like the we need to have a person teaching other people things and we're so afraid to say well the plants can teach us stuff and that's really the teachers you know what i'm saying right i agree so you're saying uh sam that beyond taking ayahuasca and getting you know visual and whatever other kind of energetic information back on how to organize yourself in your life the actual experience and relationship of growing plants, whether they're visionary or not, in itself is healing and connecting you back to the earth and empowering you to like, wow, I can grow a plant and the plant can help me live. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we used to, for, you know, as long as we've been around, we've always oh, we see uh, a fruit, you know, we learned to eat it and, uh, you know, we weren't just cutting down trees back then. We'd just take the fruit and leave the tree alone and let it live so it could have more fruit one day. Um, and little did they know that it was also doing so much for the planet, processing these... Balance. Th- yeah, it was It was a, a balance. And so anytime you, you man puts something, un- makes the world unbalanced, which it's a little unbalanced right now, the world also adapts and it's going to try to balance to heal itself. And so you need to be aware of that. Q COVID-19. Right. Wait, aren't we, aren't we the virus though? How do we, uh, <laughs> virus how do we, virus. how do we, yeah. How do we avoid the earth, the earth from balancing us out because we're, we're a pocket. That's the thing. The that's the ultimate. That's like the ultimate thing. It's realizing that we're not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Then we'll be allowed to live. Yes. I testify as a member (laughs) of the human race that I am not necessary for the earth to live. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to all the aliens out there. Um, (laughs) I'm a friend. um, And uh, just please don't be too upset with what you're seeing because that's not everybody. And I just want to say hello. (laughs) And welcome to our planet. Wow. Well... I think that's probably a great place to uh, bring this whole thing to a close. This has been awesome and amazing and enlightening. And uh, I think Mark is going to uh, 
bring us some techno wizardry as we ask we thank ben for being on the show and well, thank sure you for having me yeah and we're definitely gonna have a, a show with you ben uh it's, you know specifically and then sam so happy that you came on the show and what yeah what are some final thoughts you'd like to leave us with as mark takes us out um don't hate too much because then you won't be able to love just try to love so much that you can't hate Amen. Amen to that. <laughs>